In this episode, we're going to get started on the due diligence process. Finding a property that you want to buy is only part of the process. Every property needs to be thoroughly evaluated before you buy it. Today, we're going to make sure you know where to start. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about the due diligence process. Once you've found the property that you want to buy, your job is not done. You simply (laughs) cannot just hand it. (laughs) It's just starting, yeah. You can't hand it over to your conveyance or your solicitor and expect every stone to be unturned. It's up to you to make sure that you uncover any reasons why you might end up regretting buying this property. Do you know, as a buyer's agent, Veronica, how many times have we told people it's as much about the properties that we recommend you don't buy as the one that we recommend that you do, isn't it? And the due diligence is a massive part of of that process. It's the old fish that John Wesh, John, I can't even say John Wesh. (laughs) John Wesh. But yeah, but the thing is, they don't. They sometimes they look all shiny and beautiful, and the scales look lovely, and the eyes look bright. But on the inside, something's been eating their guts away, and you don't want to eat that. Some you don't want to be kissing that fish. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, do you? All right, we so we're talking rest. here, we always do, <laughs> we're talking here about knowing what you don't know. It's a massive part of the reason that Veronica and I put our heads together to create um, Your First Home Buyer Guide because we know that there are so many things that people don't know. You don't know what you don't know and it's it's just such a big, big problem if you don't know what to find out. So the devil is in the detail with property and all sorts of things can go wrong. That's why a thorough due diligence process is so important. You're really looking to see if there are any reasons you should not buy the property. Absolutely. And it's hard because often you think the hardest thing is saving up the deposit and finding the property you want to buy and then you don't (laughs) want to let go of it. You go, no, 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 I'll smooth over all those rough edges. I can live with that dumpster next door. (laughs) Yeah. So before we start on what you need to do, let's give you some examples of what what can go wrong. Okay. Now, these are all completely avoidable, but before we get into them, Megan's got a lovely background. For those of you watching the video, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I do, do you like to, to us- have these unusual homes in the background, you do. Veronica, just you because- do. 
like to watch this on YouTube. And this one is The Bubble House. This is in Queensland. It's in, in Ipswich. And it took the owner, who actually was an owner-builder architect, it's taken him over a decade to create this house. Um, it is a very unique taste. And, Veronica, I think you've got a special name for it. It's like living in a cluster of eyeballs. <laughs> We Yuck. love these unique homes. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, unique taste, each to their own. Obviously mm. the owner loves it, um, but it, it's one of those ones uh, when it came up, I think it's one of the most viewed properties that was on a realestate.com. I don't think it was listed for sale, but it was on a realestate.com article and uh, you're very, very highly, um, high level of interest in it because it's so unique. See, we should look into that. I think thought it was on the market yeah, I'm not sure. and it's Maybe one of I those fact cl- check myself yeah it's one of those classics though it's like that might have a lot of interest and that definitely ticks a scarcity box and anyone who's been listening to this will know that we love scarcity but it's got to be scarce with high demand <laughs> and I'm not sure there's that many people want to live in a cluster of eyeballs <laughs> We, uh, we digress because the people <laughs> people who are listening to this have absolutely no idea, or they may have an idea because you might have actually read the article and seen, seen the property. Maybe anyway. we should put the link in the Google show notes. Google it. Google it. Google it. The Cluster of Eyeballs House in Ipswich. <laughs> it's it's now, the Bubble House. <laughs> let's talk about some of the things that can go wrong that are completely avoidable with some basic due diligence. Um, do you want to hit it off with one, Megan? I think I think a big one for people who are buying apartments is um, well, there's a few actually I, I could go mm. on and on but one of the big ones is unexpected special levies. Now everybody knows that you have to pay body corporate or strata levies uh, when you own something that's in a community title or part of a, a strata title complex, and they're they're the two things you know the the sinking fund or the um, capital works fund and the admin fund. But what can come up is something that's completely unexpected if there has been some unexpected damage or the hasn't been enough put into um, the capital works fund to anticipate and be ready for works that are coming up in the near future. So you can actually buy a property and if you haven't done the right investigations, oh, you know, you could be hit with a thirty or $40,000 extra levy, which if you've just bought your first time would be almost, you know, so gut-wrenching to have that kind of extra additional expense. Terrible. Can find it out beforehand though. You have to know the right due diligence to do. Absolutely. In fact, I very recently heard a story about somebody that did buy a property in Sydney, didn't realise what they needed to look for. They got a strata report, they read it, they didn't understand what they were reading, their lawyer didn't advise them on it. There was actually stuff in the minutes there that that for me reading, as many as we read in my mm. business, we would know immediately we bid it, how are they going to fund that? But these people didn't know and so they bought it and then a week after settling, they moved in and got a <gasps> bill for $7,000. Wow. And That's just was, not money that people have lying around after they've put everything into their purchase. I mean, hopefully everybody especially. has got a contingency fund, but often that contingency fund is for other kinds of contingencies. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? That was totally knowable. That's the worst thing. And it didn't have to be disclosed for whatever reasons. Um, but well, it was. Totally it was knowable. on the minutes. Mm. It was, well, you actually, you're right. It was disclosed. It was there. <laughs> so, it was there. You've exactly just got to right. know what to look for and that, that's the important bit. Now, a big thing for Brisbane, <laughs> something that you can avoid um, and get your, if you do your due diligence right is flood zones and overland flow. Now, um, it's not just flood zones, it's actual individual properties. And it's not just flood from rising water. It's actually because of our, you know, in 
Queensland, the topography is quite steep and undulating and water has to flow from a top of a mountain down to a bottom and it takes a path and that's called an overland flow path. Um, You need to know what impact that will and won't have because it could restrict you from any sort of development. If it's a house, you might want to raise it and build underneath. That's a very typical strategy for extending a house. Um, Or if you want to knock down and build something new, it might have quite a big impact on that. So not just doing a flood report, but actually then understanding what the impact is and isn't is quite a big one that you can avoid if you know what you're looking for that's it and this stuff isn't actually too difficult to find you know so it's free but but like like yeah exactly that that, that is yeah the flood report's free yeah it comes down to knowing what you don't know you're never going to look for it if you don't realize that you need to know it and that's that's really Mm. what the this this podcast and that's what your first home buyer guide is all about um an example of how that can impact a first home buyer. There was recent uh, flooding up in the north coast of New South Wales, and I saw this on the news. And there was a fellow who just bought his first home, and he didn't insure it because when he went to insure it after buying it, I don't know how he managed to do this and buy it and borrow money and all the rest. So I don't know quite the ins and outs, but he didn't insure it because when he went to get it insured, he was given a bill uh, of something like thirteen thousand dollars. Which is a huge insurance. So the insurer has flagged it for flood, potentially. Yep. And that would have been in, in, particularly in New South Wales, that's in the zoning certificate. We'll get to that in a minute. So this is all very knowable stuff, Mm. very avoidable. He didn't insure his home. And then what happened? A flood came and, of course, basically ruined his home, took out all the furniture, everything, and (sighs) significant damage. So, you know, these things are tragic when they go wrong Mm. and very, very avoidable. Yeah, absolutely. Unexpected plumbing issues is another one that um, you can actually uncover by by having the right inspection done at the right time. Often uh, your building and pest inspection is not going to reveal plumbing issues. They're not qualified as plumbers. They're usually qualified as building inspectors and usually they're looking for structural things. So don't expect them to tell you if the door handle's a little bit loose or the, the the you know washer on the tap is leaking a little bit. That's not a building inspector's job. You, you need to have a think about um, what other kinds of professionals you might need. Plumbing is one. Engineers is you know one. I, I've just had a, a purchase that um, is conditional on a number of factors. One of them being an engineer's report, and we found that um, a retaining wall that's worth about one hundred twenty thousand dollars has failed. So had the buyers not undertaken that. inspection, um, then they wouldn't have known that and they would have been up for 120, whereas we can actually renegotiate that off the purchase price. So these are really important things to to know because they can really add up if you don't know how to investigate them as part of your due due diligence process. Um, Veronica, what is happening a lot at the moment in higher density areas is you might buy an apartment and it have a lovely view and outlook and, and really nice natural light and airflow but you've forgotten to check if there's anything going on around it that might impact your your apartment. Well, not just your apartment, but if you have a house and if the area around you has been rezoned to a higher density, Mm. you could be surrounded by houses today and then in a year's time or two years' time, whatever, you could find that you've actually got apartment buildings being built around you. And I actually, it's funny, only yesterday I looked at a, I was just doing some research, a price research for a property looking at for a client in uh, Marrickville in Sydney, and this one popped up as a recent sale, uh, a property that I had looked through um, for a client. But as soon as I got there, went, no, we're not buying 
buying that. And the reason I knew was because it had a, it was on the corner of a lane and on the other side of that lane was some light industrial um, buildings and a lot of those have been converted to some of them being converted to apartments, some of them, you know, various sort of um, redevelopment of these areas. But I looked along that road and I could see that that everything else was six storeys high. And oh, God, so that's such good insight. This would have, like, all it needed was this to be a, you know, a sold off to a developer. And I didn't even look any further because I could see the precedent was there all the way mm. along that road. And I just thought this is just going to happen. But even if it hadn't already Showstopper. happened. That would yeah. be what I would check. Yeah. You know, that's exa- and it's very easy to find this stuff out and it's free. Lots of lots of places to find that. In fact, we talk about that in the course and have some resources around free 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 ways to do your own research. Because mm. it's not your solicitor's job to do this. It's actually your job to to do these sorts of things. The solicitor doesn't the conveyancer doesn't go and look at the property. They don't know what's in the street. Um, they can only access certain searches. Uh, and it's actually you as the buyer. The onus is on you to know what to look for, know what questions to ask, and then know who to help you interpret the information that you find. And you can do it. But you just need to be very, very aware. So how do you avoid making a mistake like the ones that we've talked about, Veronica? You know, what are the sorts of things that people need to do? (laughs) Well, obviously, you know, you can sign up for your first home buyer guide. and We have an entire module on the evaluation Mm. process because it is a step-by-step process. You know, we harp on step-by-step, get it all (laughs) done in the right order. In the right order. (laughs) Um, Boring but practical. Important. But today what we're going to do is cover the basic due diligence steps that needs to be done on all properties. Yeah. And I guess we start we start with the legals. And whilst Megan said there that it's not the conveyances or the lawyer's responsibility to do all of this stuff, it isn't actually. Um, they have contractual, you know, they're looking at the contractual aspect of things and they will make suggestions and some mm-hmm. of them will make more suggestions than others. But you could line up 10 conveyances or 10 solicitors and in terms of whether they give you additional insights and guidance, you will get 10 different standards of advice. So you need to know what it is that you don't know. And that's so, you know, with the, but with the contract, it's so important that you understand the mandatory disclosures. So what the vendor has to disclose and what's not mandatory and what conditions that you can request and what searches need to be done and all those sorts of things. So a uh, experience. You know, our work, our work around the country, Veronica, has shown us that every state has a completely different set Mm. of mandatory disclosures all the way from Victoria having quite a strong set of disclosures but still you need to do your own due diligence around a number Mm. of things all the way to Queensland that has probably the least amount and the most frustratingly absent (laughs) set of disclosures that you could possibly imagine so you have to absolutely know what you don't know to know what you need to know um, to know where the gaps are and and that's that you can't buy you can't have a parent that bought in New South Wales and then buy in Queensland and follow their advice it, it it's going to put you in quite a dangerous kind of situation in terms of their expectations about what a seller should disclose to you absolutely and on the other side of things from one state to another your commitment to actually purchase the property is different in some places you think because you've had your offer accepted that you're committed but you're not mm, and yeah. anyone could come and make an offer and in others when your offer is accepted you are committed and you don't even realize you're you not are. getting out yeah <laughs> <Yes. laughs> 
<laughs> so understanding that, you know, that's why it's so important to get good legal advice, somebody really experienced in the area, but that that's an essential part of the due diligence. That's a contract side of things. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a good discussion to have, but remember the solicitor hasn't seen the property. They haven't that's been right. in the street. They don't know a lot of things that only you will know from going to the property or having someone who actually knows what they're talking about and what to look at, go and have a look at the property for you. Um, it's things like surrounding developments, the potential to lose your light, your view, your privacy, your peace, your quiet. You talked about, you know, one of those big mistakes that can be made if you don't get the due diligence right is losing, you know, the potential for rezoning around you. Now, no one has a crystal ball. No one knows if a local government is going to change um, the next election and, and there'd be some rezoning of land. That 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 you can't anticipate for that. But what you can do is have a look at what the current zoning is, understand what could happen um, and have a look at, as you said earlier, the precedents around what, what has been happening in this street. Has there been some six-storey developments done? Is there 15-level apartments or can they only keep to two levels? And what does that mean to me? If they do turn it into two-level townhouses, that may be less of an impact than a six-storey, you know, 130 apartment complex uh, that has so many more cars coming and going in the street mm. regard, you know, apart from anything else that it interferes with. And even on the sort of a smaller scale is if you're in a pure residential area and you've got neighbours over the back fence, over the, you know, on either side, um, mm. and you want to know, well, have they been trying to get plans approved? Are they mm. going to go up a second storey and block out your light? Or are they going to be trying to put windows that stare into your backyard? Or, you know, are they going to block a view or an outlook or breezes? Or there's all sorts of things that neighbours can do. And, of course, it's not just what, are they in the process or what have has been approved or what are they trying to get approved, but what could be approved, you know, different areas mm. of different requirements mm. and there's different limits. So it's good to understand that because not only does it give you an idea about the scope for your own improvement of your property, but, you know, your neighbours can improve their properties too and you want to make sure that when they do so, it's not going to negatively impact Negative, on your yeah. enjoyment and also the value of your property. Mm, absolutely. Major infrastructure, even minor infrastructure projects, mm. these are these can be good and bad. And, and they're things that as part of a due diligence process, if you get this right and you ask the right questions in the right places and do the right research, you can put yourself in a really good position to capitalise on infrastructure projects. Or if you miss it and you get it wrong, you could be looking at a very major intersection being upgraded near you or you know as is happening in Brisbane at the moment there's new tunneling works for um, the Cross River Rail if you'd bought a few years ago you weren't aware of that happening you could end up with some tunneling underneath you all of these sorts of things if you get that right you can take advantage of it if you overlook it shortcut it or get it wrong could have quite a big impact on your quality of life let alone your ability to to realize some capital gain in that property mm. that you've purchased now with a lot of infrastructure a lot of you know property advisors and experts they run around saying you got to buy where there's infrastructure um but they don't sort of get into the nitty-gritty of well some of it's good some of it's bad <laughs> and and maybe <laughs> you know like yes sure a major road might be really great for for transport or a rain a train line it might be really good in terms of connectivity and everything but 
are you going to be affected by noise or is that you're going to see it because you don't really want to is be the park and ride going to be next door across the road yeah. you know if, <laughs> if, if, if the park and ride is near maybe maybe the train line isn't that close but if there's an upgrade to a park and ride um and i assume i'm using a similar sort of um reference and you that you would use you know where people go and park to then get on mm. the train that's a huge amount of traffic that's going to be introduced to a residential street if you're not aware that that's going to happen yeah, and then, you know, in Sydney, for instance, there's been all this tunnelling for various roadworks that's been going on. In fact, there's Spaghetti Junction almost directly under my house and that wasn't on the on the cards when I bought either. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't, it's 50 metres underground, honestly. I've, 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 I felt, and it's 50 metres to the side, like I'm not directly above it, but I did feel a vibration once, right? There, and But that's sort of not the point. Where having the tunnels under your house is fine it's where the exhaust stacks are and the on mm. and off um ramps and uh also when there's been some exposed flyovers and stuff like that like they have a massive negative impact on on your enjoyment now i know people have bought some of those areas 10 20 years ago and there was no no hint that this was going to happen so some of this stuff you can't prepare for you really can't however yeah. There have been people that have bought there in very recent years that could have found this stuff out and didn't and just had no awareness to even look for it. And so mm. that's that's the sort of thing that you need to be looking for when you are buying, just making sure there's nothing, you know, green fields or brown fields in this sort of development and infrastructure side of things that could really negatively impact the property. And then there's also that, you know, I love how you referred to it, what was it, Spaghetti Junction under your house? Yes. <laughs> well, beside under your house. But um, that can also be in the form of um, council infrastructure too. If, you, mm. if, you, if you're not looking or don't know what to look for in terms of underground services, you might actually find that you purchase a property, and this is particularly relevant for houses, you might end up that you purchase a property that could have maybe sewer or stormwater, even if there's not a man manhole access, which is the above ground visual manhole access to council infrastructure. You may not have a manhole, which is usually a registered easement and will come up on a title search, but you can actually have unregistered easements, which, which is the infrastructure that goes underground, but doesn't have to be registered on the title. That can impact your ability to put a pool in, to do renovations, mm. any kind of excavations. Now, all of this information can be found out for free, but you've got to know where to look and then how to interpret the information once you find it and then how to make a decision on whether it does or doesn't impact you in a positive or negative way. So this is stuff that can be found that if you don't find it, you, you, you could end up with something that you really didn't want to buy. I know. Imagine buying a house in Brisbane and thinking you're going to put a pool in and finding the sewer line runs directly out of the backyard and you can't do it. That mm -hmm. would be a nightmare. Very hot. <laughs> and, and look, you know, plunge pools are great, but really they're not. Even those spas on your back veranda. No, thank you. On a real pool. Well, actually, the sewer diagrams are interesting because um, that's you know talked about mandatory disclosure before. So, in whatever jurisdiction you're in, and when I say jurisdiction, I'm talking about state or territory. There are property laws that govern the property transactions in that state or territory, right? So, we mentioned before that different jurisdictions have different um, types of disclosure that are mandatory. And in New South Wales, for example, a sewer diagram has to be attached to the contract it's it's an essential document whereas i and so on that you can actually see where the board's sewer runs so it's simple you can actually just 
flick through the contract and see it for yourself, right? Whereas, but if you don't know what you're looking at, Veronica. Or if you don't even it, think it's in there. If you don't, you don't even <laughs> think to look for it and you and you buy it, it's actually been disclosed to you. So you know how, you have no hmm. recourse. There's no ability to terminate if, if you someone you know, says to you, oh, does the sewer run under that property? You think, oh, I don't know. How would <laughs> what? I know that? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, you mean the toilet's flushing does it matter? something? <laughs> well, what about in Queensland, though? I don't believe the vendor has to provide one. Is that correct? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry about that. No, they stuff. don't. Work it out but later. you can mm. access you can access it for free. In fact, we as a buyer's agency, that's one of the things that we do before we, if we like a property and it stacks up on all of its research at the desk, we'll often do that search before we go to the property because if we've got someone mm. who wants to do certain things, whether it's a renovation or a pool or whatever the case may be, it's not even worth our time to go to have a look at that property if there is underground services that are going to prohibit that. So it is a quick one. It's an easy one. you just got to know what to look for and what to do with the information once you get it. Um, Veronica, zoning certificates is one that's a <laughs> little bit unique to you, I think. Well, they might be get- called something different in other states. Yeah, they've got different names depending on where you are. Um, they're commonly referred to as a zoning certificate. You, they are mandatory in uh, Victoria in the Section 32. Um, they are mandatory in, in New South Wales in the contract. I know they're not mandatory in Queensland. Um, they're an optional search. And what they what a zoning certificate does is outlays from the council and it outlines a whole bunch of information. There's really interesting stuff to understand about what you're buying and where you're buying it. And it covers things like flood zones, bushfire risk. And I discovered something the other day that I actually didn't know myself, which was if you're in a uh, strata building and the council has issued a fire order on that building, that will be in there as well. Uh, road widening. Can I, can I just can things. I just share with everybody how long have you been in property? Ah, there you go. I've been in property for twenty one years, and I just learned. And that. what did you just discover? Right, so Not, that's the collective. Yeah. That's the collective of sharing the knowledge with everybody, and I think that's one thing that you and I are really passionate about. Is everything that we learn along the way, we actually want to get it out to everybody else and share it. Sorry, I interrupted your train of thought then, but I thought it was. A oh, good that's point. all right. Because it then just shows that I still don't know everything. We and never if you know, don't everything. know everything. And I don't know everything. And we can add up to over 40 years' experience. You guys have got Buckleys. So you need to <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> listen to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> listen to your listen to your mums. We've got your best interests at heart. Oh dear. What's something else that the due diligence uh, that you, can, you can easily do? You can mm. do this, but it's there's some physicality around it. Google Maps is not your answer when it comes to this part of the due diligence, and that's your neighbourhood. <laughs> it's you can you can do walkability scores. You can you can research. Um, what's that thing we found the other day? What was the score? The Studliness score or something? Hipster score. <laughs> you can find out the hipster, hipster score. <laughs> Studliness. Uh, very oh. important. The what are you been up to? Studliness. That's hilarious. <laughs> Hipster score is very important. You can check this, the hipster score of of uh, a particular suburb. And what did one of our students find out? That the, the place they were interested in had like a yeah. negative 20,000 something <laughs> hipster score. Uh, hopefully. And that was actually in the, the where to, not the where to buy, that was in the stepping stone, stepping stone strategy work, yeah. <laughs> workshop. 
<laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, so-, so neighborhood. This is this is a physicality thing. This is going and having a look at, you know, how far is it to go and get a coffee? How far if you've got children, how far is it to the park? Um but you know, what's people on like the way? You. What's yeah, in between you and the park? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got to walk through an area that's a little bit undesired? Yeah, all yeah. those sorts of things. What's the community like? What are the people like? What are the what are the um, pe- people doing with houses around the area? You can't find that on Google Maps. That's too old. That information is way out of date by the time it makes it to Google Maps. Um, safety aspects, Veronica. What, you know, what's what mm. what, are, what are the crime rates like? What are the safety aspects of it? If you're walking along, are there a lot of people who are out in their front yards? having a beer at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, all these things, the physicality of actually doing that local kind of neighbourhood, wander <laughs> around. Really midday, that's fine. It's the afternoon. Day drinks is okay at midday, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No. You're on the no, work. At the moment, Veronica's in lockdown. <laughs> Could be any time. <laughs> Everybody's actually at home drinking at 12 o'clock. Everybody threw Dry July out the window (laughs) in Sydney. (laughs) Hilarious. So, um, yeah, and on that, actually, that's actually a really good segue into not doing all your research online. You know, there's people that actually in, in Melbourne, we're discussing this this morning actually in Melbourne, during their lockdown, people were buying property site unseen. That is just nuts, right? No market is so hot that you should be so desperate that you should ever buy property sight unseen. But it does go down to the same the There's a small thing. caveat there, Veronica, and that is if you've engaged a buyer's agent to act That's on your different. behalf and they are there looking out for your interests and inspecting that property on your behalf, that is the only time that you should ever trust in an individual to buy a property without you physically seeing it yourself. That's your eyes and ears. That's not mm. sight unseen. That's uh, you're mm. paying for those eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can't you can't actually get the feel and the and the the vibe of a place um, online. You know, you just can't. So you do need to get out there. And interestingly enough, because of course we are in lockdown in Sydney, we are able to see property, uh, inspect property. And what I'm saying to my and you can get out to exercise. So what I'm mm. saying to my clients is that if you if they're not completely familiar with the suburb that we're looking at a property in, a specific property, I'm we're being very responsible in terms of actually not leaving home unnecessarily. But use your exercise time to walk around that new area. And I know it's not going to be quite the same because, of course, cafes are shut and all the rest of it, but Mm. you are going to get a bit of a sense, much more of a sense than trying to do it online. So working out the neighbourhood and really sussing out, you know, the, the whole community that you're about to join is really essential due diligence. Absolutely. Look, this is such a small part of due diligence. These are just some of the things that, you know, we were tossing this around the other day and 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 um, we just wanted to, I guess, open your thought process to some of the things that you need to do, but there is a massive list of due diligence that you need to do, whether it's a house that you're buying or a townhouse or a villa or an apartment there's actually such so much difference in the due diligence that you've got to do and there's some commonalities as well um there's additional due diligence that you'll have to do for strata properties that you wouldn't need to do for a house and of course there are a lot of things you need to look into with a house that you wouldn't necessarily have to look into with strata property um so veronica for the complete down on all rundown on all the due diligence head well, to well you need to go to 
Home Buyer Academy. Do the course. I mean, I, I know that it's a $749. I get that that's a lot of money, but you know what? It's a small price to pay to ensure that you know what you need to do in the right order so that you don't miss out on any critical information. You know, those, those stories we told you earlier about what can go wrong, they, they were just off the top of our heads in about <laughs> five minutes. We can go on and on. The list on goes on and on. And on. It does. And we don't want you to have one of those stories to tell. Absolutely. Um, look, that that's good advice. I'm glad we did this because you and I do a lot of due diligence every day on the properties that we're looking at for people and being able to share some of that knowledge and that that inside information I think is, is quite helpful for people to then go forward and say, all right, well, I need to upskill in this area. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.